to, to remove the fear, you've got to have confidence. And to have the confidence, you've got to have knowledge. And the only way to have the knowledge is either to, you know, to, to, to learn it or earn it. Uh, and I've, and I've, I've earned plenty over the last 25 years of doing it. Uh, but I still learn every day by, you know, ha having the, the, A, the humility and B, the desire to ask other people um, for the things that I'm lacking. Attention all entrepreneurs, marketers, and dreamers. Are you ready to revolutionize your digital presence? Introducing my latest game changer, Podcasting Legacy. How to start, launch, and run a podcast to leave a legacy. Dive into the secrets of successful podcasting. Learn how to craft compelling content, build an engaged audience, and monetize your passion. This isn't just an ebook. This is your ticket to start, launch, and run a podcast to leave a legacy. Imagine having expert strategies at your fingertips, guiding you through every step of the way. Whether you're a novice or a pro, this ebook will transform your podcast into a legacy. Don't miss out on this opportunity. Grab your copy now and start creating a podcast that leaves a lasting impact. Visit ericallenmedia.com and unlock the doors to your legacy. Elevate your voice, inspire the audience, and leave your mark on the world. Podcasting Legacy, your journey to podcasting greatness. Matt, you're a husband, you're a father, entrepreneur, investor, mentor, philanthropist, and even a magician, man, and so much more. Thank you for your time, dude. I appreciate it. No worries, buddy. The magician bit. Yeah, you know, I um, I always talk about that now because the worst thing about saying that you used to be a magician as a kid is that people immediately go, show me a trick. Can you show me a trick? I'm, I'm embarrassed to say that I just can't do it anymore. You know, and I mean, when I was... I probably started to learn magic when I was nine or ten years old. Was obsessed as a as a teenager. You know, it was my first job uh, in a in a local restaurant when I was kind of fifteen to probably seventeen years old. Yeah. But then when I stopped and I started to work, I just uh, you know I didn't lose interest. I just lost touch. Um, sure. But it's it's just one of those things, isn't it? It's like when you say when someone says, "Oh, do you, have, do you ever play the piano?" and they expect that you can you know rack out a you know a concerto there and then. But <laughs> and, and honestly, for about fifteen years, I've said this summer. I'm going to take a few magic tricks away with me, take a deck of cards, uh, and I'm going to catch up with a few tricks. You know, at least I've got 10 or 12 I can have in my repertoire. And I still sure. haven't done it, but literally, as we said just before we started recording, that I'm here in Spain, uh, where, where I spend the summer. And upstairs, I've got a bag of tricks that I brought from England, and I brought them here three months ago, and I've not even opened them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you got to enjoy that time with your family, dude. Totally, totally understand yeah. that. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, I like to kick my show off by going back a bit. You kind of touched base a little bit there, but like, where did you grow up? What was childhood like for you so i'm i'm english as uh, as i'm sure everyone can tell um and i grew up in a town called leeds a city called leeds in the north in the north of england uh i was born, born and raised there um and you know i mean my, my upbringing was 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 good was nice uh, you know my parents well my dad owned his own business uh ultimately a very successful business you know that he sold for sold for quite big money when i was probably 17 or 18 years old. I mean, he only got that capital sum when I was 17 or 18. So during the rest of my childhood, he was a, you know, he, he was a high earner, a high income earner. Um, so listen, I was never, we were never flying in private jets, but uh, you know, I never, I never wanted for anything as, as, as a kid. You know, I had, I you know went to private education. You know, I was well looked after. We had, you know, three or four nice holidays a year. So, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't tell a tale of a, uh, you know, me climbing out of poverty and, uh, you know, and, and, um, and, and being, uh, you know, let's say the first self-made person in my family. Um, but that said, you know, I was, I was always, 
uh, I guess, you know, born or certainly it certainly grew a hunger and desire uh, to to achieve great things in business myself. You know, I, I, I never like to say the words, you know, like more than my father did, because, you know, not, not that I'm trying to put put him down or, or be disrespectful in any way, but just because I guess, you know, I, I, I had aspirations of uh, like when I said, you know, we were never flying in private jets, but, you know, I wanted to fly in private jets. So, you know, I, yeah. you know, we, we had a, a nice summer house. I wanted to have you know, summer houses in every country. Um, but so I, I, I like my entrepreneurial drive, uh, I think it was probably two or threefold really. One, it was obviously, um, I guess, in my blood in some way because, uh, you know, I, I grew up with a, a business owning father uh, and, I, and I spent a lot of time in his world. So, you know, I was always exposed to what went on. So I guess it naturally became an interest. But also, I mean, as, you know, we go back to, I mean, I'm 42 years old now. So back in the late 80s, early 90s, when, you know, you were talking about what were you going to do when you grow up, uh, it was very much in those days, the only way you could make big money or certainly the only way it was perceived you could make big money was to own your own business. Mm. So, so I wanted to be a business owner, not because look at 10 years old, I can't love business. I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I just, yeah. I just knew that knew that I wanted to be rich. Um, and I was you know, basically told or, or the, or the belief very much was, uh, you know, the only way to make big money was to own your own business. So I was going to be a business owner. Uh, I didn't know what business it was going to be. I just knew I was going to be a business owner. Um, and I guess I spent my teenage years, uh, you know, trying to turn my hand to any business I could. I mean, that was typically buying and selling a product, you know, buying and selling products and selling them at the market. Uh, you know, trying to squat on domain names because we're going to be talking the talking the early to mid nineties here when you know the the internet's just becoming a thing. Um, and um, I mean, I did the did the magician gig, but that was just because uh, I, I love magic and I wanted to earn some money. I, I wanted a watch, actually. I, I wanted a Rolex. Uh, and my parents said that if I wanted a Rolex, then I had to go and buy my buy my own Rolex. So I uh, that's uh, that's why that's why I went to became became the magician in the local restaurant. Um, started in proper business. Um, I worked in a family business when I was eighteen years old. It was a fa- it was a failing business. Uh, business that my dad had invested in. Just a, he'd invested a small amount that became a bigger amount and a bigger amount. But he was never really working there. I went in there to work in sales. Uh, and I'd be coming home from dinner every night because I was still living at home back then saying, you know, listen, guys, you know, dad, mom, you know, that they're, they're taking advantage of you in this business, you know, that they're, they're stealing your money, they're running it into the ground, you know, please come in and do something about it. And my dad had just sold his main business at the time. And he was very much from a mindset of, I can't be bothered. You know, I don't disagree with anything you're saying, but, you know, I've, I've, I've had enough. And, um, you know, if, if they take my money, they take my money. So one night he kind of turned around and probably he was just tired of me uh, bleating on about, uh, you know, bleating on and, and ruining the family dinner. But he said, you know, you go in there and you can run it, you know, do what you want with it. Uh, you can't do it any worse than they've done. And I went in the next day um, and um, I literally fired everybody. Um, I fired everybody apart from this uh, little old guy who worked in the warehouse. And over the next three years, built the business up from, well, I say from nothing, from less than nothing, because, you know, it was a, a business where the customers didn't want to deal with us. The suppliers didn't want to supply us. The bank didn't want to fund us. You know, uh, op- nobody wanted to work for us. I mean, I mean, we, we had to to rebuild everything. We had to decide what our new product range was going to be. We had to find a way to recruit staff. We had to find new suppliers to suppliers. And I, I always say that I didn't learn. I didn't do it well because I knew what I was doing. I just knew what we shouldn't be doing, what I shouldn't be doing, what anybody else shouldn't be doing. And I guess it was a combination of doing 
not doing what we shouldn't be doing and applying some common sense and you know, the yeah. fact that I was obviously you know, emotionally, fi- financially and uh, I guess biologically because of my parents uh, you know, in, in, invested in its success. Uh, and after three years, you know, it went from a, a £300,000 loss to a £30,000 profit. And I would say it wasn't that it was sort of big numbers. I mean, you know, even back then, 25 years ago, it wasn't big numbers, uh, but it was just a principle that, uh, you know, I, I'd been able to, take it from the loss to a profit and I'd learnt I'd learnt so much, you know, during that time. I mean I you know, when I used to have this conversation, I used to say, you know, I learned everything there is to know. But then I you know I learned, when I went to my next stage in life and my next phase of business, I learned very quickly that I certainly hadn't learned everything and there was a and and, and there was a lot more to learn. Yeah. So um so yeah, finished in there, went on to work, uh, went on to go and open a bar because I, I was you know, I was bored with the other business and I and I knew that I wanted to work in leisure. And that was when things got really successful for me. And my first, well, my first bar wasn't very successful. Neither was my second, but I then opened a strip club, uh, which was phenomenally successful. Uh, and then I, I, I cost the course of the next probably five or six years. I became the biggest strip club operator in the UK. and a vast portfolio of bars and clubs. I had restaurants. I, became, I started a finance company because I'd spent so much time borrowing money that I learned how to lend money. Wow. Um, and, uh, <clears> you know, I had a personal property portfolio and I was, I was riding very high. And then September, so well, June chime, June, July, September uh, 2008, credit crunch for anyone who's old enough to remember or, or who studies <laughs> history was, was, uh, was kicking in. Uh, and, uh, and literally overnight, I went from, you know, eight figure business owner, seven figure spender to, um, to, to, to bankrupt. Um, you know, the, the businesses were put into liquidation. I had personal guarantees all over the place. So I, you know, called on those guarantees and literally within the space of, I mean, I say overnight, but it wasn't much longer than overnight in the space of probably three to six weeks, uh, everything, everything was gone. And I was, uh, I was sat at home with a, a one-year-old daughter, uh, a wife and a mortgage, and, uh, it was back to square one. Wow. Man, what a crazy story and journey that you've been on when you're going through those failures. And and as entrepreneurs, we all hit failures at some point there. We all have this level of fear that runs through us. Like, how do you handle fear, though, when it creeps in? You know, it's an interesting question on a way I've never, never been asked it before. I mean, I, I don't think I have fear. Right? That's not to say that uh, not because I'm probably numb or, or stupid to it, but I, I think for me, the opposite of fear would be confidence. I mean, I know that's probably probably not te- technically true. You know, you can still ha- have have fear of being confident, but I am confident in the things I do because I have knowledge and understanding on how to do them. And where I haven't got knowledge and understanding, I've got you know the humility to admit it and ask somebody else. And quite, and normally, I've got access to the other people to ask. So. I guess, look, if you'd have asked me back then, I mean, you know, when I was 27, 28 going bankrupt, I didn't have any fear because I was young and stupid. I mean, so it's, it's, probably, it's probably, probably not a, a great barometer to work from. But if you ask me about, you know, now, you know, when I, when I take risks now that can, that can lose me money or that can, you know, theoretically be quite problematic, uh, for me, I, I kind of know in inverted commas it's not going to be problematic because it because i i understand you know i i understand that particular area or i understand that dynamic or i you know i understand that particular bit of business uh and, and i think that that's it for me you know to to, to have to, to remove the fear you've got to have confidence and to have the confidence you've got to have knowledge and the only way to have the knowledge is either to you know to to, to learn it or earn it 
uh, and, I've, and I've, I've earned plenty over the last 25 years of doing it, uh, but I still learn every day by, you know, ha having the, the, A, the humility and B, the desire to ask other people um, for the things that I'm lacking. Come on. Oh, so good, dude. So good. For someone who's listening and they're wanting to, you know, get into entrepreneurship or start a business, like what's the most important thing that they need to do first? I mean, I say to anyone starting a business, and it's, it's funny because, you know, when you get out, you can, I could have been asked this question many times over the last 20 years, but my answer always changes as time goes on and I become more experienced. And I think the yeah. first thing I say to anyone now starting a business is you've got to accept that you know nothing. Um, and, and, you know, I think, I think, you know, the reason so many businesses fail and the biggest mistakes, you know, business owners make is that they, you know, they, they think they know everything or they certainly think they know a lot, um, that they're too embarrassed to ask for help. And the analogy I always give with it is, you know, um, I mean, we make lots of comparisons between business and sports, you know, in, in life in general, but I think if we, if we were to talk about sports and if we were to say to somebody, oh, you're thinking about, because you're starting, a, starting to play football tomorrow, um, there would never ever be a concept of conversation around the fact that tomorrow when they start in football that they would be going and going and playing for manchester united i mean it, you know, it, it would be it would be beyond laughable it would be beyond yeah. laughable that they could even play in a sunday team because they've never played football before uh, you know and it would be very normal and not embarrassing and not hurting their ego to say that they're taking some lessons and they keep tripping up every day and they've got a long way to go but if we then take that analogy across to business and say i'm starting a business tomorrow well, because because there's no barrier to entry and because there's no league table per se, you know, I think you know, people just automatically think uh, or assume that they are because you're a business owner. Yesterday you weren't, but today you are. You're now a business owner, and these people think that they can sit alongside Elon Musk and Richard Branson or you know or, or, or <laughs> anybody else there who's got who's got you know years of success or, or years of scars. And there's this there's this bizarre. Uh, I guess you know, e e ego or arrogance um, that people you know can't ask for help or can't ask for advice or that that it, that it looks weak that you say that you don't know something. I mean, you know, like you know, I I've been playing tennis. I, I you know I'm not I'm not into football. I've been playing tennis for twenty odd years. I'm a reasonably decent player. But, it, but if I say I'm going to take a tennis lesson tomorrow, no one bats an eyelid. It's just the normal thing to do. If I say I'm going to have a meeting with my business coach or my marketing coach or something you know, people who would immediately put a face or laugh and you know that's that's saying it to me after with all my confidence and after 20 years of doing it you know and, and i guess i understand why people are embarrassed to do it at, you know it's on the first days of business or the first weeks of the first year but for me that, that, that's that's the, that's the big that's the biggest you know flaw or i think biggest lesson that anyone starting a business should learn but whatever whatever business you're going into um you know, th th there's a big difference between, let's say, selling a product and running a business, or working for somebody else and, and, and running it you know, and running the show for yourself. So, uh, you know, be, be 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 ready to learn a lot, be ready to have an open, you know, have an open mind, and be ready for a lot of pain. Man, that's so good, and it's so true. Entrepreneurship sometimes you eat like kings, and sometimes you eat top ramen. Hey, this is a quick shout out from one of our awesome sponsors. Check this out. Thank you to Tracy down at Tranquil Turn Massage in downtown Coeur d'Alene. 
Look, my wife and I, we see Tracy and her team every single month for a couple's massage, and it is the best thing. Tracy is a master massage specialist and a Hanu Ashiatsu trainer. You need to reach out to Tracy and her team. Make sure that you tell them that I sent you, and you'll get 25 bucks off your next massage. Also, while you're there, check out CDA Brows, Body, and Ink. Make sure to tell Tracy that I sent you, and you'll save 100 bucks on your next tattoo brows and plasma tightening services. You know, like, <laughs> but the... Yeah. For you, like you've talked about, like you found these people that were doing the business already. You, you kind of found these mentors there. How important is it to have a mentor as you're going through business and how do folks even find mentors? I mean, for me, I think, you know, we should all have mentors, whether we're in business or not, uh, you know, yeah. having, having mentors is just great for progressing and improve, improving life in general. Uh, I think, you know, for, for me as well, you know, the key is to have, you know, different mentors for different areas. I mean, I think, you know, we, we can change or substitute the word mentor for coach or advisor or, you know, whatever you want, whatever you want to call it. But I think, you know, for me, the key thing about mentors is that, uh, you know, they, they are, let's say, circumstance specific. So in the same in the same way that, you know, you're not going to go and ask a, a football coach how to play better tennis or, you know, or a running coach how to lift better weights, you know, there's there's people to advise you in your business or to mentor you in your business who are um, specialists in their different sectors. And, you know, someone may be a great marketer, but terrible at finance. They may be not so good at finance or they may be quite good at finance, but not so good at human resources or operations or whatever it is. So, you know, I mean, I've, I've got dozens and dozens of mentors for all different things you know whether it, whether it's you know someone to help me with with marketing or whether it's just someone to uh, to be my buddy in an ice bath you know and and um I think, yeah, you know, it's just, it's just understanding that, you know, a mentor is someone who's been there, been there before you in the journey. Uh, you know, mm. they, they may not be a world expert. They're just a bit more experienced at it, at it than I am. Uh, that's the question number one, I think you asked. And secondly, where would you go and find them? Um, although I'll just substitute in there before I answer that, that, you know, I think I've always had mentors because I've always kind of had an open mind to that concept of learning. But if you asked me yeah. when I was in my early 20s, late 20s, I would never have said I've got formal mentors. I mean, because I never really understood it or thought about it in those terms. You know, yes, there were people I would have gone to to ask for help. But if you ask me now, I'm kind of you know, proud to sit down with my list of, you know, of mentors and I go and active, actively seek out more. But in terms of how, how, how you get them, um, really it's i guess it's like like building any relationship you know it's it's, it's net, networking with the right people but then also also you know reaching out reaching out to ask uh, you know again having the humility to accept that you know you don't know everything about that particular area and someone else can help you um and there's and, and again there has to be an exchange of value really i mean for sure you, and, and i've got two kinds of mentors i've got ones that cost me nothing and i've got ones that cost me something you know and, and the yeah. ones that cost me nothing um they might not they might not cost me in pounds and pence, but they but they cost me because you know I've probably got something that I could offer them uh, in in return for you know for, for what for what they can offer me you know for, I don't know if somebody might be teaching me about exercise or or uh, mindset or meditation which are things that I'm very very low down the ladder on and they might be then in return picking my brains about about business or marketing or some, something that's an exchange of value there. Uh, other, but there's other people that that, that I'll pay for. You know whether that's by the hour, whether it's whether it's a mastermind. You know, if if someone if someone can add value, if someone can provide an ROI, uh, then then you then you you can't be afraid to pay. 
Yes. Oh man, it's so important to have those mentors in your life, man. And, and always be, I just got done today with a three month mastermind coaching program that I've been with. It's awesome. And, you know, I'm getting ready to go into another one here right now and, and just always constantly have to be, you know, getting mentored. And, you know, when I spoke with Ed Milet, one of the things he told me was canny, constant and never ending improvement. And so I've just always kind of put that in my mindset. Like I always need to be improving. Uh, with about just a little bit left to go on the show, I wanted to bring this uh, thing up. I saw on your website, I think it was hilarious, but it was also so awesome. I want to talk about this moment about Natalie Imbruglia. She is an awesome <laughs> musician and I'm definitely a fan of hers as well. But you at one point owned the dot com with her name on it. Like, tell me what happened there. I mean, it's, it's funny that, I mean, I mean, so that's what I was referring to when I was talking about domain squatting in, like the, in the yeah. mid 90s when I was probably 16, 17. I mean, it's, it's crazy to think in today's world of short attention spans and short-lived celebrity, that she's actually still still well-known now or you know, still reasonably well-known now. I mean, yeah, I mean, the background of the story was in, I was probably 15 or 16, and a friend of a friend had just bought the, the domain name spicegirls.com. So, I mean, this shows how long ago this was, because, I mean, I mean, you can't even, if you went on online now to try and buy, like, blah, 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 dot com, I mean, it's pretty. Yeah, somebody, somebody's already taken it. I mean, I mean, for, for for the to be able to get a single word or a, yeah. you know or um, a celebrity's name was just unthinkable. But this guy, he bought SpiceGirls.com and he'd made some money from uh, selling email addresses on there. You know, you could have had Eric at SpiceGirls.com for like ten dollars <laughs> a month or something. And then yeah. he sold the domain name for two hundred and fifty k um, back to the uh, to their management team at the time. Wow. So I thought. What a great, uh, you know, what a great idea. And I was a big Natalie and Brulia fan at the time. So I've gone online, you know, gone into whatever the equivalent of GoDaddy was back then and, yeah. uh, and, and typed in uh, Natalie and Brulia. You know, and there was available the .com, the .co.uk, the hyphenated, you know, Natalie hyphen and Brulia. I was like, oh, my God, you know, this is this is unbelievable. How have they not got it? So I bought them on. I forget what you pay back. It was more expensive than it was nowadays, but it's still £50, $75 or something. Not Nothing exciting. So I bought yeah. I bought three or four different variants of natalieandbrulia.com. And uh, my, my, my great plan was that I was going to build a little website up there just to, uh, you know, I guess just to for, you know, formalize its existence, contact her management team, and then offer to sell them the offer to sell them the name back, um, which was going to make me my millions, and also I'd be able to use it as a chance to meet Natalie at the time as well, uh, and and I'd be able to woo, woo her and spend the millions I've earned from her name, you know, <laughs> um, being able to run off into the sunset with her. So Come when on. I uh, contacted, <laughs> I contacted the management team. I think I got put in touch with a, a PR. That, I remember this lady uh, in a PR. Um, agency or you know pr side of the business and she was their initial reaction was you know one of just disgust that you, you you're blackmailing us that's our name you've stolen it you know, how, how can you do that which again you know again shows how long ago this story was that you know that, that people didn't even really really know what was going on back then yeah. um and I had a few weeks or so of going backwards and forwards with them to try and you know to to to, to try and get them to buy the name. They wouldn't do it. Um, you know, I, I forget exa their exact reason at the time, but bottom line, they wouldn't do it. Uh, and I ended up putting a, like a, a for sale sign on the website, and a, a fellow fan slash stalker 
gave me, well, I forget, I don't know, 500 pounds, 1,000 pounds, I can't remember what it was, but it, 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 yeah. was, it was enough to, to technically declare a profit um, and, uh, and uh, put, chalk that one up to experience and move on to the next chapter in my uh, future business career. Man, I love that. It's such a cool story, dude. <laughs> That's awesome. Man. Well, as we come up to the end of the, here, uh, the show here, like what's coming up next for you? Like, what are you most excited about right now? Well, I mean, we, we, when we were telling my story, I kind of finished at the age of 28 when I went bankrupt. So we, 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 we missed out the next 15 years, which was, uh, which was basically me, me rebuilding chapter two of my life, uh, where I now run a, a finance and investment business. Uh, and I've raised money all around the world from high net worth investors, from, you know, from, from funds and from family offices. And then I, I lend and invest in primarily UK businesses. I mean, I've deployed over, over 500 million pounds uh, to UK businesses. Uh, and, that, and that is the core of what I do. I, I, lend, I lend to small businesses. Um, and we don't really invest in equity, but I'll, I'll, I'll invest my, my time, if you like, or my, manage, my management team's capital, uh, not, uh, as in, as in uh, people capital. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so that, that's, that's, what, that's what keeps me busy. That's what gets me up in the morning, and I can't ever see that changing. I, I don't think, uh, I mean, listen, I'm going to be doing business until the day I die. Uh, and, you know, being able to, whilst every day is a day of lending every day is a day of a different story because you know every business has got its own own quirks every every owner and founder has got their own quirks so every day is a different day um but um so, so that keeps me busy in terms of what's next next i mean like, you know me and my team i've been very busy on my personal brand over the last three or four years i mean you know it's it's something i've probably worked on even before we kind of used to use the word personal brand you know i've been i've been a, a massive advocate of networking the built building net building networks uh, and you know, I, I put down most of my big successes over, over the past 20 plus years to um to relationships that i've built with somebody that's kind of, that's come from my networking so i think you know being able to uh, personally brand in a digital way is something I'm, I'm fully behind so i mean i've got a pretty active social presence uh, you know obviously we met on my podcast you know i've got got my own podcast i launched a newsletter recently where we've got eight and a half thousand subscribers uh, you know, got 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 a, got a book in the offing as well. So uh, that all all that's keeping me busy. But um, you know, in in the main, just you know, lo- loving building relationships with investors and uh, and, and lending that money to uh, you know to, to small businesses who've got an exciting story to tell, uh, but a hole in their cash flow. I love it, man. So good, dude. Last question I, lo- I want to ask you, just as a, as a fellow dad, like, what's your favorite mm. part about being a dad? Favorite part about being dad, I and mean, you know, for me, just 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 the sim the simple stuff, like uh, you know, ju- just just seeing the smiley face, uh, you know, sm- smelling the cheeks. I mean, it's funny. I mean, I've I've got a my elder daughter's seventeen. She'll be driving next week. She's uh, she's seventeen on the sixth of September. Uh, but I have a you know I have a newborn as well who's four months and two weeks. So I mean, I'm, I've got it from both both ends of the, ends of the, ends of the spectrum. Uh, and you know, like so, I, my, my little girl, new baby, she's always around in the background. You know, when I'm working, and uh, you know, I think just seeing her puts a smile on my face. And then between Zoom calls, you know, just to be able to go and say, you know, give her a kiss or you know, sm- smell her cheeks that normally smell of vomit. But it's funny because when it's baby <laughs> vomiting, it's your and, it, and it's and it's your baby. That vomit smells like the finest cologne, doesn't it? Um, totally. and yeah, you know, <laughs> just, just, just that. And even, even when they get older, it's, it's funny, yeah. you know, um, 
we, I mean, obviously, my, my daughter's grown up in a uh, in an environment where you know we, we, we've always been, we've never wanted for money, and you know she we, we, we've travelled, and she's never not really gotten what she's wanted. But I mean, she's a very very grounded girl, much much more grounded than I am. So I'm, I'm very lucky in that department. So I can probably thank her mum. Uh, but you know, if I look back over the last seventeen years, and you ask me like, what were the best times with her? Not one of them probably involves more than a fifty dollar spend. You know, it, it, it's it's all yeah. it's all all the the cheesecake factory trips or the you know the, the 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 nando's and netflix or the you know the laughing over a silly joke or whatever it is and so i guess you know yeah but, but being a being a, a parent i guess it's almost like having a first date with your favorite girl every day every day for the rest of your life come on i love that dude I, i've never looked at it that way so good so good, man. Matt, you're an absolute world changer, man. Thank you so much for taking time out of your evening and joining me. I'm so excited for what you got going on. Your podcast, amazing show. I'm excited for your book and your business, man. Just absolutely killing it, man. Thank you so much for taking time and sharing your story. Thanks for having me, Eric. Thank you so much for checking out the show today. I really appreciate it. I hope that my guest was able to bring you some amazing wisdom and knowledge to help you continue to fight for your goals, your dreams, and your purpose. If you could do me one big favor and just hit that subscribe button, I would so appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Keep changing the world. I believe in you. Have an amazing day.